podcasting from Northwest Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Gen Extra Podcast, a show about Generation X, movies, technology, weird news, and anything else they feel like. Join them every Monday morning. Now, here's your hosts, Dave and Joe. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Gen Extra Podcast. We're back. We are, we are. We're here. We are. We're here to bring you the latest in whatever the hell it is we're about to talk about. Yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, yeah, it's actually Sunday afternoon. We couldn't uh, record at our yeah. normal time that we usually do on Friday afternoons. Uh, busy, busy weekends for uh, for both of us. Yes, indeed. Uh, and another uh, another wedding. Uh, this weekend and the last weekend and the weekend before that. <laughs> it's and it's and I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't record on Friday because I have something that I will be talking about in the show today here. Yeah. Uh, in, in, in probably like the middle segment of the show, we'll be talking about driving supercars. Yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll note uh, something on that too. I had I had a pretty supercar experience on my way to the wedding yesterday. Oh, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I am definitely confused now. Like, <laughs> you should be trying trying to think about how this is going to play out. All right, looking forward to it. Yeah. All right, so uh, I guess to kick off the show, before we dive into everything here, um, we just wanted to uh, you know give our thoughts and prayers to all of the uh, all the people of Morocco who are you know devastated by that earthquake that hit. Um, it was I guess it was pretty bad. There was a lot this of is, a lot of lives lost. I mean, this is unfortunately like really devastating. Two says death tolls surpassed two thousand. Yeah, in Morocco, and because it was kind of a freak. The way I'm understanding this, and I and I think I'm reading it right, is that it was kind of a it was kind of a rare earthquake that would be unexpected where they're at. Is the way that I'm reading this. Yeah, I don't think it's a. They said it's the worst one there in a century. Yeah. I don't know what that means as far as like if they do see them on a regular basis, but I don't think they do because no, all their not houses. The I, not the way I'm reading this. Yeah, like I was looking at some of the images, and their houses are all made out of stone. Like so, when those things crumble, it's just bad. Right, right. This is then. I think that's what, I think that's what's driving most of this. Unfortunately, I know. Yeah, it's terrible. So yeah, I mean, I hope, uh, you know, I hope that number doesn't keep rising. Hopefully, keep right. They, I, I've seen they've been finding some survivors. So hopefully, that kind of trends that way more. You know, but I don't that, mean. I feel bad. That's that's the horrible thing about um, rubble digging, right? Yeah. Is that you know, is like these things just fall over and you can get, I mean, the, the good news is that you can get people out, but obviously there's a lot of bad news that goes along with that. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have, uh, you said you had something on a little lighter note too. To, we to, do. To we do have something on a little lighter note after kicking the show off with that mm -hmm. doozy. Um, NASA has been able to produce oxygen on Mars. Mm. So, how, so how, how they do that? Right. Right. How they do this. Right. So they, so in the last, um, I think it was the last rover mission, they sent up a device used to create oxygen called a MOXIE. It's called the Mars Oxygen In Situ. And I don't know, I've never seen that word used in that way before. So Mars Oxygen In Situ Resource Utilization. And it's part of the Mars Perseverance rover, the one that's, the one that's up there mm -hmm. um, moving around now. Now, actually, this is kind of an interesting segue into much later in the show. When I'm going to be giving you some fact versus fiction stuff, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, anyway, they use this device to to see if they could take the Mars air and produce 
oxygen with it. So you can you can you know you can see the reason why you would need to do this, right? Is that if we're going to someday have some type of base or habitable or habitat on Mars, you, you really only have two options. You either ship enough oxygen with them for their mission, right? Mm-hmm. Or or you have to produce it on site. And so what's this is great news because they were actually able to produce 12 grams of oxygen at 98% purity, which actually exceeded what NASA expected from the original experiment. Now this is, so if you're wondering, well, what does that mean? Like, can, can someone actually breathe? Like, is that enough? So according to the press release, uh, it had made a total of, so let me just make sure I'm reading this right. Oh, 12 grams oxygen per hour. So it made a total of 122 grams of oxygen, which is about 10 hours of breathable air for a small dog. Okay. Which which exceeded their so that sounds like well what what's good in that? But that actually exceeded their expectations. So they may actually be able to make more oxygen on Mars than they originally thought they would be able to make. And I'm assuming the one they sent up wasn't it wasn't like a huge, you know, machine. No, it was small enough to fit on the rover. Right. Okay. Okay. So this this is promising, I'm sure, in large scale. It sounds like something out of a sci-fi movie, like when they when they go to like when someone comes to our planet in a movie and they want to yeah. terraform it for you know breathable air, or, or in like in like Aliens when right. we have these big you know atmosphere producing machines on different planets. That's literally right. what it sounds like. That's right, and that's exactly that's this is kind of it, just on a micro on a micro scale, just like a little. I think it's just like a little box that separates out the oxygen, and it works so well that it's. The, the general assumption at this point is they would be able to use this technology for a habitable base. So they've figured out how to terraform a planet, essentially. In, in the, I would say terraform a habitat. Yeah, but dude, they're not going to stop there. <laughs> you know well, they're no, going to come I, up with right. a way to build a gigantic right. machine on Mars to make oxygen. And well, then once, right. once no, no, you you're have, right. You're right. Once you have the oxygen, then that will allow you to then sustain you know, plant life and you know, life essentially, you know, this is obviously way down the road, but, uh, the machines would then become unneeded at a certain point when the, when the environment can sustain itself. Right. I think what you're getting at, it would be the, the long-term theoretical goal that you and I will be long, long diminished. We yes. are, <laughs> we will definitely we we won't be see skeletons this, yeah. <laughs> in the earth at, at this point. Right. But yeah, I mean, what you're getting at, this is the, so if you want, right, if you want to think about this logically, this is the first steps to actually being more than a habitat, more than just a little box that can that can produce oxygen. It could potentially be used on a much bro- broader scale. But what you're talking about is like, you start to get into terraforming and stuff. Ooh, man, that's going to be some intense, that's the future of humanity. If we if we make it that far, that that's, would a, that's be- That's a lot of science. <laughs> that's a lot of science. Yeah, I mean, that is- <laughs> That's that's you're going to science the crap out of something if you're going to do that. But no, it's it is super exciting because people may look back at this moment and 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 if we get to the point, if humanity gets to the point that you're talking about, they may look back on this moment and say that's what they first did it. Yeah, yeah. When we have to become like a multi-planet species that uh, right, you know, we got we got to sneak over the next one because we've uh, you know overpopulated or ruined this one. Right. <laughs> Hold on. Let's go over there and ruin that one now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's pretty. Uh, Pretty innovative, really, that uh, are, you know, we're the only species on the planet that's going to be able to do such a thing. It really is, though. It is It is pretty, it is interesting when you look back at it that, I mean, it's basically us. Right now in our solar system, it's us. It's not like there's like space whales 
you know, coming out of, you know, right. Yeah. Neptune, yeah to figure right. out how to, you know, space travel. Uh, You're right. Exactly. Yeah. And then, then once they do it, once they, they get to a certain point where they have, you know, plant life and stuff like that, and maybe start getting a, you know, an atmosphere and weather patterns and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, they'd have to like Noah's Ark their way over back over uh, with like a whole bunch of, you know, earth animals that would have to get like go yeah, over to Mars. Right. Like, because I think to, to just leave it to evolution at that point would be way too long of, of a wait, you know, like you can't just be like, well, what are these new, you know, Mars animals going to look like in, you know, a hundred thousand oh. years. Like here's something you got to think about though. And I, it's funny that you bring this up because Neil deGrasse Tyson was just, just talking about this on their podcast. Mars has different gravity than Earth does. Right. So there is going, at some point in humanity's existence, and in in, in including animals too, whatever we do with them, whether we, whether new species grow there or, or we bring any Earth animals to Mars, Mars's gravity is different. It's, it's you, there isn't as much as there is on Earth. So things develop differently on Mars. They do. So if you take an Earth animal to Mars, you could, it would be fine probably, but anything born in the future in Mars and in on Mars's atmosphere or within Mar- Mars's climate is going to develop differently because of the lower gravity. Yeah, it could be bigger, essentially. Yep. Maybe. I don't know. Yep. Yeah, it's weird. That's, yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating to think about. You know, I, uh, you'd have to have, like, if you did, like, you know, sports and stuff on Mars, like, you know, basketball and like high jump stuff like that yeah yeah exactly you have to have your own like mars league you can't you can't be comparing and contrasting mars to earth because people they're gonna have to make like basketball hoops like 14 feet in the air yeah exactly (laughs) right right you know people are dunking on like 15 foot hoops you know (laughs) that'd be kind of fun really the mars basketball league the Mm. m mbl (laughs) the mbl (laughs) that's funny Oh my God. Yeah. So that, that's interesting. I, you know, I wish we were be around to see that, but, uh, you know, we won't. So, all right. Well, well then, uh, we, we wish we wish them all the best. Yes, we do <laughs> to the Mars basketball league. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, let's, what are we doing this show? So we did write some stuff down here and I apologize if I sound a little funny. I am, uh, I've, I've got a cold now. My wife, my lovely wife gave it to me. So thank you for that. What a nice, what a nice gift. It was, yeah. Always thinking of me. It's like, here you go. <laughs> Have this cold. It should be. It should be noted while you're digging this stuff up there that we're trying to we're trying to jam this show into the noon hour right before the Steelers game because today is yeah, the Steelers home kickoff, the home opener of the Steelers game here in 40 minutes, and yeah. which I'm personally I'm pretty excited about. I think the Steelers looked good in preseason. Um, that means basically nothing for the regular season, but I think they looked good. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. I was talking to somebody about that too. And I'm like, well, they they were like, what? Three, you know, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, and they're like, that doesn't mean anything. I'm like, I know it doesn't, but it still feels better than Oh, and three. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, all right. So yeah, we're going to talk about your, uh, your supercar, uh, weekend. Yep. And we have, I have an, I have a news story from Florida. I want to talk about as well. This is Perfect. pretty pretty interesting. I mean, geez, I mean, how how long can we go without a news story from Florida? I know. I have a also have a media uh, pick, which was given to me by our good friend Jason, who's been on the show uh, several times. And I saw this on Apple Plus multiple times, like you know, on on the you know the recommended show list stuff like right, that. Right, right on the advertise 
and I just advertisement kept, banner or whatever. Yeah, I just kept skimming past. I'm like, ah, I don't know. It looks kind of weird. I don't know. But he's like, you got to try it. And I did. And it was amazing. I'll talk about it in a minute. Uh, and then we're going to end the show today with uh, a couple games. Joe yep. has some fact or fiction for me. I got to guess which one is which. And I have dad jokes, which I'm going to see if Joe can guess the punchline. <laughs> I mean, right. I'm a dad, so I should be able to finish the, the, the punchline. That's right. right. So You're going to try and finish the joke. Yeah. All right, so let's get into your weekend. You say you went supercar driving. What's that even mean? I have to start by saying I had literally no idea what to expect out of this, right? Because it all seemed so fake to me until it wasn't. So this last Christmas, my wife bought me basically a supercar experience, right? Mm-hmm. And that just seems so like, like if, it, if that sounds kind of like unknowable or like, what are you getting into? That's exactly what I felt. Two, I thought it was awesome that she got it for me. And it says, like, right on. It's like she gives me the, just this piece of paper that says, like, on September 8th, 2023, like, here's your tickets to drive three supercars. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, right? I'm like, really? Like like a NASCAR supercar? Well, no, like, like the class of car that you start getting into when you start dropping, say, anywhere from, like, $250,000 and up. Oh, wow. Okay. Essentially, like a Lamborghini Hurricane oh, or okay, a okay. Ferrari Wait, or you, you a got to drive GT3. Like yes. So I'm looking at the tickets that my wife got me for Christmas and she bought me not a ride, mind you, a drive on a track at track speeds in, and, and at the time, the tickets, and I have, I have to modify the story a little bit, but the tickets that she got me one was for driving a Ferrari 488. Uh-huh. The second ticket was for a Lamborghini Huracan. And the third ticket was for a Porsche GT3, all of which are supercars, right? I mean, that's the generic term for something that is, you know, so beyond like the performance that, you know, your typical consumer car is, right? I mean, they're all professionally designed and engineered around essentially around the track right they're not i mean yeah you can drive them on the road like anybody else but they're really not designed for that so you were behind the wheel of a lamborghini like a ferrari porsche so i so i'm still so she gets me this gift and i'm still not exactly sure what i'm getting myself into i even looked up the company online and i was like and it's just right on their website it's like you pay this money you will come to this event and you will drive these cars, not like at a controlled, like 25 miles per hour and just look them over. You will get behind them and drive them. How fast did you get to go? So, so I, so again, (laughs) I, I finally, so months go by, right. And I finally show up at this thing and I I pull it into the parking lot. It was the weird, cause I didn't even know what to expect. Right. Just just so So people know, we have not discussed this at all. I, this is the first I'm hearing about this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, I didn't precursor this. Yeah. This first time, this is the first time I'm really telling the story because, okay. except for Facebook, I posted it on Facebook. So if anyone saw it there, you probably know what I'm getting into. And yeah, like I go to Nelson Ledges in Ohio, which is the track where this is occurring. Right? It's yeah. it, you know this is this is not a street. Right? This is a track. It's a closed track, just like you know pit race or you know any of the closed tracks that you see on television are, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I see, you can see it. Like you can see it from the road. There are people legitimately driving the supercars around the track. And I'm like, this is real. Like this is actually happening. Like I'm going to drive one of these, but still I was pretty confused at that point. 
still because I don't know what I'm getting myself into. Right. So I get in there, you know, I go to the I go to the entry, you know, the, the the entrance, and I give him my, you know, I give him my tickets and my registration. They're like, welcome, like here's your here's your badges, you know. So you you know, and your your class, your driver's class begins begins at one forty five, right? So I was like, okay, cool. So you sit in this you sit in this very short driver's class, which is hilarious when you think about it, right? Did you say shit? you're about to get. <laughs> No, did I? I think you did. <laughs> Sorry. Instead of what? Sit. <laughs> so that's, so why, I, that's why I heard, why I heard I'm like, what are you doing in this class? That'll be fun. Right, right. So I shit in this class. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God. But continue. My bad. <laughs> so you're sitting, so in, I, you're sitting in this class. So now you're saying it. I know. <laughs> so right, yeah, well, it's, it's kind of funny, though, with this class. Is like, it is this. It's it's 15 minutes or so, mm-hmm. right? Now, I know how to drive on a track. So here's so anyone that either follows me on Facebook or is already friends with me knows that I already drive my car on the track. Mm-hmm. I'm used to track etiquette. I'm used to track speeds, but not in a 600-horsepower supercar, right? I'm thinking, like, they're going to give you some some additional, like, 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 tips and recommendations and stuff. It was super basic. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. There is a professional instructor in the car with you. Right. They don't just hand you the keys, but like, all right, we'll see you in a bit. Right. And yeah. also, too, and this was something I thought for sure. I thought, well, they're going to have these cars specially modified mm-hmm. so the instructors can push on the brakes or they're going to have them tuned down or whatever. No, they are 100% off the assembly line supercars. They aren't governed, mm-hmm. they aren't tuned down. They aren't, there's no special brake pedal or way for the instructor to take control of the car. So I'm like, okay, all right. So I get my class is over. I get in line and you know, you just kind of, they kind of like line you up and they're like, you know, you're going to be in the Ferrari at this time. And mm-hmm. then after that, you're going to be in the, you're going to be the Lamborghini. I get in the, so I'm, I'm in the Ferrari line first or not first, but like, you know, it's my turn in the Ferrari eventually comes up. And I get in there. There's a there's a professional instructor in the passenger seat. He introduces himself. He gives you a quick overview of the car, mm-hmm. and as you go, you just, like it's, just it's, tear it's, ass down. It, like, uh, it's wild, yeah. <clears throat> All right. So, what, what what did it feel like when you finally got to the point of the, on the track where you could just you know hammer down on it? There's really two ways. There's there that that kind of came in two waves because you're for, you got to imagine like I'm in this car for like the first time. And so for the first probably like 30 seconds to a minute, the instructor is giving you instructions. He has hand signals that he does. You have all these different like inputs and, and your senses are kind of overloaded, right? Because, you know, you're, you're, you're not only trying to navigate a car that you've never driven before, right. but you're also navigating a 600 horsepower supercar, right? And, and their instructor's going, right, give it gas, give it gas, give it gas. And these things, so the... You're kind of like the first couple of turns, they ease you into it. And it feels like driving a normal car. Mm. And then finally, the pace car takes off. The pace car is like, we're done learning. Oh, and you like, got to keep up with them. It's time to drive. Yeah. Mm. And the instructor kind of gives you the signal. He kind of guides you around the track. And you, it's um, here's what's really amazing. Uh, this is what I think is amazing about the human body and the human mind. You adapt very quickly to your environment, at least, at least in the case of, of, that I did. It just kind of settled in. Like once you start driving, you start kind of getting used to the car. You start mm-hmm. kind of getting used to the horsepower. You start kind of getting used to how the car is, and I really mean this, especially the Ferrari, not the Lamborghini. We'll get to that in a second. The Ferrari was way 
easier to drive than what you might be expecting. Okay. Remember, these things are purpose-built track cars, but when I finally got to the straightaway and hammered it down, the uh, this, this is in the Ferrari. They take off like nothing you've ever experienced. They pin you in the back of your seat, and it feels like you're holding on to the steering wheel. Like, it feels like the car is leaving. Uh-huh. And you're, and you're like trying to not going, to get thrown out. Right. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. And, and but here's what's even more wild about these supercars. The braking lines for these things are way at the end of like the straightaway. And you think there's no way this car's stopping. Like the braking line is like way at the end of the straight. And you get your foot on the brake and the thing just slows right down. Okay. It just it just slows right down. And you kind of you kind of navigate the turns left and right. The car dips in and out. Mm-hmm. And, and so the Ferrari kind of felt like is the way the instructor describes it. He's like, the Ferrari is a good way to ease into this because the Ferrari is very maneuverable. It's a very well-balanced car. It's at, it's not that much harder to drive than getting in your normal consumer car and driving it around. It really isn't. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but it really wasn't that hard to drive. Like you could put, it's an automatic. You just get in it and drive it. And this was the Ferrari. This is the Ferrari. So the Lamborghini, so, was the Lamborghini a standard? The Lamborghini. So these are all automatics. Okay. Right. There's no. There is not enough time. Right to, to teach somebody <laughs> about shifting these vehicles. Okay. There just isn't. There's just. They are so powerful and so well machined and geared and everything that you don't even want to think about it. So I get in the Lamborghini. The first, and the instructor in the Lamborghini was awesome. So PK, if you're out there somewhere, thank you. We're awesome. This guy was super professional, super friendly. Just my my Ferrari instructor was good too. This guy was even better. Like he was just. He was just fantastic. And he kind of took me through the car. And so we start out the same way we do with the Ferrari, right? We start to get into it. The pace car takes off now. It's your job to keep up. Mm-hmm. And this guy was awesome because I told him, I said, I have track experience. He even radios to the front vehicle. He's mm-hmm. like, he's like, he's like, all right, Chuck, we got experience back here. I don't want, you know, I don't want to see you sitting on it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so the pace car just takes off and I'm like, I am into it now. Yeah. <laughs> and this sounds like so much fun. It is. So the Ferrari is it feels a little bit heavier. It feels mm-hmm. a little bit more weighty. It's maneuver. Don't get me wrong. It's a little, it's maneuverable, but holy, F, right? Holy, every, you put any words you want to mm-hmm. at the end of that. When we hit the straightaway, my God, you put, the Ferrari is so ferocious that not only does the gas pedal have one mode where you put it down to the floor, but it has a second mode where if you put it down to the floor even harder oh really <laughs> it goes even faster damn and this dude. thing i get to the straightaway dave and i just gotta tell you i have never felt anything like this like i thought the ferrari prepared me for this there's nothing that prepares you for doing basically call it like 40 40 maybe coming around a turn doing 30 or 40 miles per hour mm-hmm. like easing into it hitting the straightaway and getting a car up to 130 miles per hour in approximately Mm, six to eight seconds. Wow. It is unbelievable. That's what most cars can do in, in like zero to 60. Yeah, exactly. Right. Most consumer cars, if you just buy like a, like a, a sport utility or something, mm-hmm. yeah, you're going zero to 60 in like 10 seconds. Yeah. Right. But this thing was a rocket. This thing was a missile that happened to have four wheels attached to it. And I liked the Lamborghini so much like because I just felt like I've never experienced anything like that before. Later in the day, they 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 had they had a mechanical problem on track, and so they got set they got they got set back. Mm-hmm. So they came around. They said, if somebody does not want to do the Porsche GT3, which Porsche fans, I'm sorry, I didn't. I gave up my Porsche ride. 
to get back in the Lamborghini. Oh, so you got to do it twice. Time. And it, <laughs> oh, was, awesome. it was even better the second time because the second time I wasn't getting as used to it as much. Mm-hmm. I knew what the Lamborghini could do and I just killed it. That second, that in my second experience. Did you get like kudos it. or props when you're done? Like, hey, you did a good job. I mean, yeah, the instructors are pretty, the instructors are pretty open with you about like, hey, like, you know, you needed to open it up back there more or mm-hmm. like, and he just, he knew, he knew I had track experience. So he just let me run it. He let me run. In fact, here's how fast I was going to the Lamborghini. I caught the back of the pack. I went around the track so fast. I caught the rest of the class. Oh, really? Yeah. Cause I was started up in the front and I was in the instructor. Oh, you, was almost, just you almost lapped him. I did actually lap two people, believe it or not. Wow. Doing 130. <laughs> That's well, great. If if I could have done 130 the whole time, I would have been amazing. Unfortunately, I had to turn every once in a while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. It's that was it was thrilling. It's something I want to get to do again someday. But I guess I leave people with the fact that supercars are people talk about them. You know, you see them on TV or whatever. It is legitimate. Like they are really a cut above everything else that we drive, including the kind of sporty vehicle that I drive. Right. Like they are in an entire different class of design. There's really nothing like it. And if you ever have a chance to get pinned against your seat by a Lamborghini doing 130 down the straight, I definitely would take it. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Like, so if people, you know, anybody listening, if they are interested in doing this, is it something that's like, you know, affordable for the average dude to go do for, you know, a day? Or um, is, it, is it more of like a, you know, pretty much a luxury, you know, it's going to cost you some loot? It's I, right where I want to mix words here. It is a luxury. Okay. Right. It's a luxury. It's something that makes sense as a Christmas present or a birthday present. It's something that makes sense to go do with something somebody else. Right. Also okay. to help to help possibly defray some of the costs. This I don't know any yeah, other you, way to put yeah, it. Yeah, you don't have to get into it's, numbers, but they, they, I'm sure right. that if they get on their website, they can figure it out. But exactly, exactly. This is think about some of the things that are out there that are that are extreme experiences. And even though this is, I'll say it this way: it's affordable but expensive. Is it more than a round trip to Florida? <laughs> Uh, like depending on uh, where the, you go, airfare wise, like you know, five six hundred bucks, like more than that. <laughs> you might have okay. I tell you, I tell you what. Here's what I'll say. <laughs> yeah. You do not want to add a flight to your cost. You okay, want to do it right. at a local racetrack. Yeah. Because what you're spending in airfare might be equivalent, depending on where you're going. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Noted. All right. So there you yeah. go. Yep. <laughs> there you go. So Supercar Weekend. It was fantastic. I loved it. They really are. They really are amazing machines, uh, and that's yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Well, that's awesome. That sounds like a ton of fun. I wouldn't mind trying it someday, but uh, um, I've never been into like sports car stuff like that, so it may not even be in my wheelhouse of things that I may ever do. But I mean, I guess if I had the opportunity, I'd probably do. But I would never probably seek it out personally. Well, it's it, and it was and it was also gifted to me too. Like right, I, and unfortunately, it was a very nice same- gift. It was a it was an amazing gift from my wife. Unfortunately, I didn't even know about this company. My wife found it, which is awesome on her part that she actually. And I will say this: I'll leave you with this. There were a ton of people there who were in the exact same shoes as everybody else. They had they didn't even know that these cars really existed, or were or they they knew they existed, but like weren't very familiar with them. And they also were given this as a gift. So it was really fun and interesting to see all these people who don't do anything like track driving and stuff, suddenly have to adapt to a 600 horsepower supercar on yeah. a weekend. I do have a, I, After, I have a question. I have a question. Yeah. So I've noticed like a lot too that like, you know, certain sports cars, you know, Corvettes and, uh, you know, Porsche, stuff like that. They're, their cockpits, if you will, uh, are, are kind of small and tight. Mm-hmm. 
I'm yeah. six two. Would I even fit well in one of these things? <laughs> some of them. Some of them you'd be okay. All right. Some of them you'd be fine. Yes, there are definitely some supercars where at at above six feet, or mm-hmm. maybe once you kind of get upwards around like six four, six five. Plus with a helmet on. Don't forget, I had a helmet on. Okay, that yeah. helmet's going to add a couple inches. It is actually difficult to fit into them. And you're right, getting sliding into the Lamborghini, especially feels like sliding into the cockpit of a fighter jet. There okay. isn't a lot of room to maneuver. So you it's funny that you mentioned that. The company does say if you have any questions, call them before reserving certain cars. Okay. And they'll tell you if a person of that size can fit into them or not. Like how big of a man are you? Now, there were some people there of all shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. So I know for a fact they have cars there that support people of all shapes and sizes. Okay. They just want you to call them first. All right. There you go. Just asking, I'm asking the questions of the the the, the average man. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, my my supercar experience, Joe, this weekend. I mentioned. Oh boy, what's yours? Yeah. Um, it happened in my uh, my 2014 Ford Explorer. <laughs> oh, no. I was on my way to a wedding, and this uh, this little silver car pulled out in front of me that was coming out of a gas station. And I think I was doing like probably 50, 55 max. Okay. All right. And it pulled out right in front of me. Like, oh no. And there was a car coming in the other lane. Like, they were just trying to get out behind them. Okay. And dude, I had to react so fast. Like, like you said before, like, like how you can quickly adapt and analyze something yeah. in your yeah. mind. When, when those moments occur and you have to compute in milliseconds almost. Yes. Uh, yes. I had to decide in fractions of a second, whether I was just going to smash into this car. Cause I knew immediately I couldn't go in the left lane and go out and around. And that was the way he right. was going. He was going that way. So, and there was a car. So my other option was like I said, a smash into him or B try and avoid him by going behind him. But because he was coming out of a gas station, I had to, I, I hammered on the brakes and I, I blew through the gas station, like in between oh. the back of his car and where you pump gas? <laughs> oh man! At about forty-five mile an hour. <laughs> oh my god! You, so you're driving at this point through the gas station at forty-five mile an hour. I ripped through it <laughs> and finally came to a stop, like at the end of their parking lot. And oh I started like god. smacking my uh, my steering wheel, like screaming you know profanities because I was pissed. I'm like, oh my god! Like, wh- what was this guy thinking? And I. Afterwards, I thought about. I'm like, he was just watching the car that was coming down the other lane. In the other lane, he wasn't looking at your lane. Didn't he? Probably looked at one point and saw the other car, and I came around the corner, and he didn't look back to see if I was coming. Right, because he he glanced once, glanced over, then wanted to pull out. Yep, and he stopped like three quarters of the way into that lane, and like I said, I ripped through the gas station. And had there been someone there, I was telling my wife about this last night. I'm like, if somebody's pumping gas. Oh, Jesus, dude. Like, I don't even think I would have been able to go that way. I would have just smashed into the car. Yeah, uh, right, right. I mean, your brain at that point saying, don't hit anything else, hit the car. Yeah, like this is his fault. He's taking the brunt of this one. But, and I'm like, what if I, what if that aggressive move I had to make to get out of the way of hitting him? What if I rolled or, or I lost control of the car? And well, you I, were, yeah, you were in a Ford Exploder too. That's not exactly the, that's not exactly like the most nimble thing on the planet. Yeah. And I started thinking like, what if I literally smashed into the gas pumps or the gas pumps? So did you go, I just got to ask you there, Mr. Super, Mr. Super driver. Yeah. Did you go, were you to the left, were you to the left of the front most pump or did you go between the pump lanes? 
No, no, no. I went to the left of the pump. Like, okay. <laughs> but dude, it like wasn't much a... room. Like I literally no, just no, no, went I, right past I, it. I get it. I get it. You had from the road to the first pump to maneuver. Yeah, it was crazy, man. It freaked me and out. And there wasn't anybody in the lane or you just had enough room to maneuver next to them? No, there was nobody pumping gas. So like I said, from I, I just made it past his the ass end of his car, blew right through the pump area where you pump your gas. Yeah, it it was wild, man. Like I, it took me a second to kind of calm myself so, down. I would say that was be that was that is a super driver experience right Thanks, there. Man. Yeah, <laughs> it was my super driver. And everything was fine, right? Like there's nothing wrong with the exploder or anything, right? Oh no, no, it, it handles like a dream. I you should take you should track that thing. I should really <laughs> get it going like one thirty around a bend. I'll just roll it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm done. Yeah, well, that was that. Oh my God. So anyway, all right, let's move on past the uh, car stuff. Uh, let's get into, oh, I, I want to do my media pick real quick. Okay. Uh, and then we'll jump into our, uh, our Florida news and then finish up with the games. So the media pick I have, like I said, my buddy Jason recommended it and I, you know, avoided watching it for a while. This, not, not during his recommendation. Uh, just, I avoided it leading up to his recommendation. That I finally watched okay. it, but it's called, right, but uh, you, you'd seen the advertisements. Yeah. Uh, it's on Apple plus Apple TV, whatever they call it. Uh, again, another fantastic show from Apple. Uh, it's called Serenity. Have you hmm. heard of this or seen this? I, I have not. So this is going to be interesting for me. I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, so uh, I will do my best to not spoil it. Uh, it's actually, it's relatively hard to spoil, honestly. Uh, the premise of the show is in the trailer. That's kind of what, what I'm going to talk about. Okay. Well, if it's uh, in the trailer, whatever. Yeah. So the idea behind the show is there's a company called Serenity, and they've developed this uh, this uh, implant that you put in your brain, and it uh, it allows your your conscience to be split in half. So you, okay, this so, sounds pretty wild. Yeah. So when you when you work for the company Serenity, when you enter your job, the implant then switches to your second conscience that is only dedicated to work. And, and huh. then when you leave, it switches back to your other half that is dedicated to not working. Okay. All right. So, so your, your not working half of your brain, like your, your outside of work brain, uh, all you know is, is nothing other than, than not working. And Interesting. So when you literally, when you ride the elevator up and you leave work, you kind of like wake back up and you're like, like, whoa. And you're like, oh, well, I guess I'm done with work. And you go about your day and then you wake up. You don't even think about work at no. that point. No, but the interesting part, and these are the questions I was asking immediately when I started watching the show. I'm like, so wait a minute. The flip side of that is you, the other half of your, your conscience only knows work. So when the other part of you shows up, you just, oh, you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm at work. You leave work in, the, in an instant you're back at work again because you have no recollection of being outside of work. So it, it was super fascinating because <clears throat> it's almost essentially like having like two, like split personalities in a, in a way because the, you're, they call them innies and outies. So you're innie who's in work and you're outie who's out of work. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, your innie conscience starts to, this is where the problem in the show starts to occur. Uh, and this is kind of where I'll leave it. So I don't spoil anything. Okay. Your innie conscience, your work conscience doesn't doesn't want to know or doesn't want to just only know work you know what i mean so you're any conscience but but it's only used at work right yeah okay all right all right 
so, but that any, that any half of you, oh, and by the way, they also take away, you do not know anything about yourself. You don't know if you have a family. You don't know anything that exists. Oh, so it's completely separated. Completely separated. Okay. So it literally only knows work. Only knows work. This just sounds like a horrifically bad idea. Yeah, and but it really takes some some wild turns and uh, some interesting events take place. But I would say it's a hundred percent worth watching. It's really cool, Jason. Thank you for uh, turning me on to this movie or this uh, the series. Yeah. Uh, if if it sounds like I, I've told a couple of people about it too, and they're like, "Well, that sounds interesting." Totally worth it, man. It's a really cool show. We we binged it, dude. We sat down. I think we watched it in like two days, like the whole series. Okay. Well, I, this this sounds like a a glowing recommendation for this show and I, I mean i'm i admit i'm intrigued by i'm definitely intrigued by the plot i can definitely see how it would uh what's what's the word i'm looking for i could definitely could see how it would become something more than, yeah yeah it's, than like, it's just like what a, you described it's like twilight zone slash like black mirror you know it, it it's pretty cool man like i yeah 100 percent recommend i cannot wait for the next season which comes out i believe like sometime this winter so there you go there's my media recommendation for the week it was a well-constructed recommendation. Thank you for that. Yes. I didn't want to ruin the show, so I tried to keep it as you know minimal yeah. information as possible. You kept, it, you kept it right where it needed to be. Yeah. So uh, let me do my uh, my Florida news story, and then we're going to roll into our last bit, which would be the uh, our game segment. All right. All right. So this story is pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, headline is, uh, Florida man rescued again while attempting to cross the Atlantic Ocean in a floating hamster wheel. <laughs> What? Yes. A, a floating uh, hamster wheel? Yeah, man, you've seen those things. You see them on the, like, people do them for fun on the ocean or whatever. They have them, I've seen, like, skating rinks. People just get inside these big hamster wheel things. They're big, blown-up, you know, balls. Uh, and you can, when they, when they have them in the ocean, you can stand up inside of it and kind of run like a hamster, like in the water. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. I'm just trying to think about the physics behind this. Yeah. So it was... It wasn't in. It, it it's an enclosed. Yeah, yeah, thing. fully enclosed. Yeah. Okay, and 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 they're trying to cross the ocean with it. Yes, he is. This is not right. So this is not a repeat from the last time somebody tried to do this. No, but again, in the headline, it says they rescued uh, this man again. This is his fourth time attempting this. Oh Jesus! So he, where? How far out did he make it? Uh, he he went from. Uh, let's see, it's in here. So he. He was. Uh, he ended up getting uh, apprehended uh, 60 miles off the coast of South Carolina. He was trying to go. Uh, where is he going? It says somewhere in here. Somewhere across the Atlantic. He was just heading that way. Um, but at 60 miles is where they found him. Now I'm assuming apprehended, meaning like had the person passed out basically, or was slowly like oh dehydrated no. or whatever. No, no, no. no. The uh, the story gets more interesting. Okay. Uh, so when they found him, the Coast Guard found him. They tried to get him to like to leave his. Uh, hamster ball and he wouldn't do it he threatened he threatened to harm himself with a knife if they did not leave him he also threatened to blow himself up with with what they found to be a fake bomb later so he had pre-planned because he's been uh his his plans have been foiled three other times so this time he wanted like he wanted a way to deter them by making a fake bomb uh, so that he could, oh, so they'd leave him alone. So they could leave him alone. Now on this hamster wheel thingy too, he had constructed like this cage around it, uh, in like little like paddle things. So as he was moving, it was propelling him, 
Uh, so because if you just have the ball, it's not going to go very far. Very well, fast. yeah, because it has to has has to have something that that hits the water and and runs it forward. Yeah, yeah. And I think even I had like little outriggers on it that would like keep him, you know, at least stable. Right. So he's just not like going every every random direction. Yeah, he tried going to like Bermuda at one point, like, and they they apprehended him. Uh, but yeah, dude, this guy has been trying it. He tried it in like 2014, 16, 21, and then 23. <laughs> I mean, he's persistent, but like, I just, I can't see how this is going to work. No, but he's, he says he's, he publicly presents himself on his website as a peace a uh, activist. And he, his mission is to show the quote, to show the world that anything is possible. If you believe like floating across the Atlantic ocean in a hamster ball. I mean, it's not, I don't even mind his personal ambitions. It just sounds staggeringly dangerous because I don't. Does he carry food and stuff in there? Food and water and everything? Like, what is? Well, you have to, right? I, I it know. Did, but, it didn't say. Oh, I did man, look because I was curious. So many things can go wrong with this, though. So many things. If it popped, <laughs> if it water. popped, dude, and you're just out bobbing in the middle of the Atlantic, uh, yeah, man. What if you start? What if you come across like some, uh, uh, you know, some waves and some, you know, you get some pretty big wakes going out there. That's not gonna be a fun ride, dude. Like that's gonna this be rough. Thing goes, this thing just goes south so quickly. I will say, uh, I guess one interesting point would be, you really couldn't capsize it. I guess, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, right. I mean, I guess you're just you're always on the water, right? Yeah, uh, maybe he's onto something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, unless the spring's a leak. Or yeah, no, or that'd be like bad. That. That'd be bad. Yeah. That would be right. That'd be that'd be that'd be horrific. I mean, so I can see why they don't want to do it. This thing hasn't been. Look, we've had enough ocean tragedies. I think recently. Yeah. To to, to demonstrate why people shouldn't be out there in, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like unchecked. Yeah. You know, it was like the, the, the Titan, the the Titan tragedy. Yeah. And that thing was completely unchecked. And so many people said this is a terrible idea. So I can't imagine that this thing is even properly seaworthy. Oh, I'm sure it's not, but, you know, I mean, at least he wasn't trying to submerge himself. I give him that much. No, no, right. I mean, at least he's avoided that risk. Yeah. And yeah. just traded in <laughs> for, like, uh, dehydration in a, in a hamster Dude, ball. If he's going to go across the Atlantic Ocean, he's got to have stuff. He's got to have food and water. But the, has to. the inside right. of that ball, it was just all the shit just rolling around there with him. I don't know. Right. That's what I was thinking, too. Was it like, was he hanging it on something? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> so what there a, you go. What, All right. Well, let's. Uh, it is a weird world, and of course, it came out of Florida. But actually, if he if he left Florida and made it up to the Carolinas, that's more than sixty miles. Like he he went pretty far. They far just, they just got him sixty miles off. Yeah. The coast of Carolinas. So far enough. Yeah. So I guess uh, you know, way to go, man. You got caught, but uh, yeah. You know, but you you go hamster you go. ball guy. Yeah. Yes. Here's to you, Mister Hamster Ball guy. <laughs> All right, let's do our let's do our uh, uh, games, Joe. Let's finish up. All right, let's go. So, do you want to go first with your uh, your ones? Do you want me to do the yeah? Uh, I'll, dad go, jokes I'll go. I'm go. We're doing fact versus fiction, and you you will immediately immediately get the theme as soon as I start. Mm -hmm. So, uh, how, here's the rules of the game. I'm going to ask you two statements. Both statements are going to be similar or similar enough that I'm not trying to trick you like with like dates or 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 Man. you know small changes in the sentence it sounds familiar did we play this before right i think we have played something similar to fact for session okay. though i've tried to boil it down i've tried to make it super simple and also i hope it's something that we all 
we'll learn something today. <laughs> I do like learning, so let's go. <laughs> All right, so number one, fact versus fiction. I'm going to read two statements. One of these is fiction. You pick which one is the, the bullshit. Here you we go. Oh, you only sniff out the bullshit. All right. Yep, I want you. I'm going to read two statements. You, you sniff out the bullshit. Here okay. we go. Project Apollo, the mission to the moon, became the NASA priority on May 25th, 1961. Okay, that's, that's the first statement. All right. Statement number two. The total cost of the Apollo program amounted to $1 billion over the life of the 11-year program. One of those statements is false. I'm going to say... I'm going to say the uh, second one is false because it's probably more than a billion dollars. Yes. <laughs> yes, the crowd goes wild. You're right. In fact, yes, the Apollo program cost much more than a billion dollars. Um, it was, I think the last article I read, it was somewhere around $25 billion. Sounded a little life low. Program. <laughs> yep. It definitely was low, right? Yeah. Was, you know, and I, you know, and I tried to, I, I wanted to throw you one there that might stand out a little bit, but uh, not all of these will be that easy. Oh, good. All right. <laughs> all right. Number two, fact versus fiction. Which mm -hmm. of these statements is not real? Here we go. Statement number one. The Apollo program ended with Apollo 18. It featured the first politician turned astronaut, Eugene Stevens. Or the Apollo program ended with Apollo 17. It featured a geologist, Harrison Schmidt. <sighs> I feel like I remember Apollo 18. So I'm going to say the second statement was bullshit. Let's see. The answer is. Oh, no. Wait, Apollo 18 never happened? or the, or no, the Apollo the... 18 never happened. It actually was canceled. Ah, damn and, it. And, and I tried to spice it up a little you bit by throwing in. son of a bitch. Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> or, yeah, there was no first politician turned astronaut Eugene Stevens. There was no Apollo 18. Unfortunately, the plug was pulled on the Apollo program after Apollo 17. All right. Well, there you go. See, we all learned something. All right. So one out of two. Not bad. Not bad. Good, good start, though. Mm -hmm. All right. Fact versus fiction. Which of these statements is BS? All right. Statement number one. Janet Musgraves became the first American woman in space on shuttle mission STS-7 in 1983. I'm, no I'm noticing a theme here, Joe. Or, yeah, it's, um, the, it's the theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. And I, I know how much you love space, so I figured it's going to be, <laughs> yeah, go be good for you. All right. Or Sally Ride became the first American woman in space on space shuttle mission STS-7 in 1983. So two similar statements. One of them is BS. What was, the, what was the first one again? The first one was Janet Musgraves became the first American woman in space on shuttle mission STS-7, 1983. The name sounds familiar, so I'm going to say the second statement is, is BS. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Sally no. Ride really was the first American woman in space. That sounded made up. It sounded like a made-up name. I know, right, Sally Ride? <laughs> yeah. I know. It's funny that you say that. Cause sorry, I was like, Sally, if you're listening. <laughs> I'm like, because I'm like, I wonder if he's going to think that I made up the second one. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> Sally's space shuttle became the first American yeah. <laughs> Sally Spacewalker. Yeah, right. Well, that, that sounds so. That sounds so fake. Yeah. All right. Well, unfortunately, one for three. But let's see if we can make it up on this one. All right. Fact versus fiction. Statement number one: The space shuttle program flew 435 missions between 1981 and 2011, or the space shuttle program flew 135 missions between 1981 and 2011. I'm gonna go with B is correct. So A is BS. 
You are correct. Ding, ah. ding, 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 ding. I didn't think, yes. they, didn't think they flew that many missions. No, they <laughs> didn't. They, they definitely didn't. In fact, when I read this fact, I was surprised that the space shuttle mission only flew 135 missions. It felt like more to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew there was, you know, obviously a handful, but I didn't think it was like in the 400s. No, it definitely yeah. wasn't. Good call on that one. Good Thanks, call man. on that one. Thanks. Two for four. <laughs> All right. 50%. Fact, Fact versus hey, fifty percent on a, on a topic that you're not into as much as me is pretty good. All right, I'm doing all right. All right, fact versus fiction. Mm -hmm. Find the BS. Okay, statement number one: the twin rovers, Spirit and Opportunity, lasted twenty times longer than anticipated, but both were mysteriously lost on June tenth, twenty eighteen. NASA still isn't sure what exactly happened. Or, or, or the twin rovers lasted longer than anyone anticipated. Spirit ceased communication in 2010. An opportunity was lost on uh, June 10th, 2018 to a dust storm. One of those is fact. One of those is fiction. I'm going to say A is BS. You are correct. Yes. The second A statement was seemed... BS. The second... I'm just going to imagine that both of them were lost at the same time. Right, right. Yeah, so the, if you didn't give me the second one... Like that, like it just it seemed more plausible that there would have been different times that that, that they uh, lost communication. No, you you nailed that one. Good good call on that one. Yeah, and it was I tried I wanted to throw something mysterious into that one. I wanted to be like they were both lost at the same time. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you picked it out really well. Okay, so uh, that actually brings you back up to the positive. I think. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think, three out of I five. Think you are three out of five. All right. Okay. Question number six. Fact. How, oh, how many are there two by the way? Just seven. There's, oh, only, right. there's only, only two, two remaining. Right. So, number six, fact versus fiction. Statement number one, the famous, yeah, the famous Hubble telescope, the precursor to the James Webb telescope, was first repaired in 1993 because of a design's flaw in its mirror was creating blurry images. Or, mm -hmm. the famous Hubble telescope, the precursor to the James Webb telescope, was first repaired in 1993 because of a design flaw to its solar panels, which if left unrepaired would have left the telescope without power. Ooh. One of those is fact. One of those is fiction. I'm going to say mm, 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 both very plausible. Um, I'm going to say that A is BS. The answer is A was correct. Oh. Actually, A, A is the fact. You the famous, son of a bitch. Oh, I, that was a tough one. I admit. I admit that one was really tough. Um, yes, the original, the Hubble telescope, um, critical flaw in the 90s was it was creating blurry images and it was like they so, were able to able to save it somebody smudged it with their finger by accident that's actually they had to go up there with a, a cloth yeah actually and with a with a microfiber cloth and they yeah. had to clean it off space microfiber cloth yeah which is totally different than regular microfiber oh yeah yeah it's very expensive right. it's, it's made it it's a space yeah all right number number seven this is to get you this is this is this is to get you above you're going to be positive or negative, depending on where this goes. Here right. we go. Statement number one. NASA astronauts eventually resumed U.S. managed spaceflight on May 30th, 2020, aboard Crew Dragon, built by SpaceX. Or NASA astronauts eventually resumed U.S. managed spaceflight on May 30th, 2020, aboard the SLS, built by NASA. One of those is real. One of those is BS. What is it going to be? I think the second one's BS. I, I kind of vaguely remember them doing something with, with, uh, with SpaceX. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yes. 
four for se- or about four out of seven. All right. You came up positive. Yes. Nice. The, nice. Yes. <laughs> nice. Yes. Definitely. Yep. You got it right. The SLS is actually NASA's big rocket for going back to the moon. It is not. It was not the return of 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 U.S. managed space flight. As that was actually SpaceX in 2020. So yeah. Hey man, congratulations. You nailed it. Nice, dude. Nice. Yeah. Go me. Go you. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. So we got a few minutes left here. Okay. I'm going to do our last little bit here, which is uh, dad jokes. Can Joe finish it? I'm going to give a couple that don't have uh, like a finish to them at the, at, be, at the beginning. Then you have one, two, okay. three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And we'll see if we can get eight? to all these. All right. All right. Much. All right. So a couple examples of, uh, of dad jokes. So here's one. Uh, it says, I went, I went to buy some camo pants, but can't find any. <laughs> Where's my joke drum at? Do you have yes. one? <laughs> hey, wait, 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 here. I got There you go. There you go. Yep. All right. Uh all right. It says if uh if I got if I got fifty cents for every failed math exam, I'd have six dollars and thirty cents now. <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, dad yes. jokes. So here's yes. one more. Uh, when, when life gives you melons, you might be dyslexic. <laughs> uh, I thought that was kind of funny. Actually, I love, I love the twist of the word there. Yeah. You know, it, wor- it works for me. All right. So, all right, here we go. Here's the uh, ones I want you to try and finish. So I have to. So the point of the game is I'm trying to actually figure out the punchline. That's correct. All right, here we go. All right. And if you have heard this one before and you know the answer, just let me know. All right, so uh, parallel lines have so much in common. What's the next line, Joe? Parallel lines have so much in common. Um, they, mm-hmm. they've, 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 they've I, I, man, I don't know where to go with this. They've been together on the road for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, close. I'm, am I close? Am I close? It's a shame they'll never meet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there you go. Okay, all right, next one. All right, that was good. That was good. Yeah, that wasn't bad. Uh, how do you make holy water, Joe? How do you make holy water? Okay, mm-hmm. how do you make holy water? Yep. Um, you, mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to put a hole in it somehow. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to put a hole in water somehow. Mm-hmm. No, nah, don't, don't go I, with that. Don't go with that. Uh, uh, I don't know. All right, okay. I have no idea. Uh, you boil the hell out of it. <laughs> <laughs> all right Ridiculous. i like that that was good that was good oh my god okay so was, uh, i'm i'm reading a book on anti-gravity what's the next line okay all right i'm reading a book on anti-gravity mm-hmm. um uh but it so but it flew away oh. i lost it somewhere you're, it floated, you're on the right it's track floating, it's floating right it's floating right by me yes the, uh, the line I is can't uh, keep a hold of it oh yes uh, you're close you got that one you got that one uh, okay. It's impossible to put down. Yes. Okay. I knew it was something like that. Yeah. All right. Next one is, uh, uh, what do you call a fake noodle? A f- what do I call a fake noodle? Mm-hmm. Um, I've a, actually heard this one before. <laughs> fo- uh, a faux noodle? A, a fake noodle? A, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Just tell me. An impasta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <That's> stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, a few more here. All right. Uh, why did the tomato turn red, Joe? Uh, from embarrassment. From, I mean, it was kind of, kind it of, was, but why this specifically? It was, it was, uh, oh, it was, um, it was, um, it was embarrassed 
because I, I, I don't know. It was embarrassed. Uh, because it saw the salad dressing. Oh Jesus! Oh my God! Oh man! They're dad jokes, man. (laughs) I know that doesn't matter how they end. They're not. Doesn't matter if it's funny or that. I know it's supposed to end that way. All right. uh, Another one here says, uh, "What do you call a bear when it's stuck in the rain?" Okay, hold on. A bear Mm -hmm. that's stuck in the rain. I can get this. A bear that's stuck in the rain. I'm gonna give you a hint. It's, It's a play on the name of an actual bear. Okay, it's a, it's a, it's a something grizzly. It's a. Ooh, oh, you're close. You're close. Okay. It's, it's, it's a something grizzly, like a, a wet, a, a soaked. You know what? Soaked. I'm giving you that one because you're really close. Uh, okay. It's a drizzly bear. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. A grizzly bear. A drizzly bear. Oh, oh my God. God. All right, two more, then we're going to wrap this up. All right. All right, so uh, it says, what's the difference between ignorance and apathy? This would be a tough one. Oh, what's the difference between ignorance and apathy? The way that they're spelled. No. Uh, okay. I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, kind of I like that. Creative, I actually yeah. kind of I kind of yeah. like that one. That's creative. Uh, all right, so uh, my wife, uh, oh, my wife told me to stop impersonating a flamingo, Joe. Okay, my, my wife told me, she said, um, Think about a flamingo. How's it stand? That's right. Right, right. It's a let. Um, I kept trying to get a leg up on her. Oh, that's pretty good, though. That's pretty good, but that's not the answer. Okay. You want to try again? Or are you done? No, just I think that that. Let's just go with that as my answer. I know it's wrong, but okay. just give me the answer. All right. I had to put my foot down. Oh, put the foot down. <laughs> yes. Oh my yes. God. That's funny. You were on the right track, though. Say, I mean, you could probably do a leg up joke there too. You could, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. But well, I, so I only but got I got, I I got, got the like, leg up on her or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think I only got like two and a half out of that one. I didn't do those so are good. tough, man. Those are tough. Yeah, I speak fluent dad jokes, so I don't know. Well, I, don't, I, I don't know how many I got, but it's a second language for you. It is. <laughs> so anyway, all right, guys, let's uh, let's wrap this one up. So thank you all for tuning in. Uh, for another one and uh, I guess we'll see you next Monday talk to you next time that was a terrible exit (laughs) alright later it was? yeah (laughs) 